So, hey guys, what's up? My name is Josh Baker. This is the Make, Make, Make podcast where we make art, make money, and make a difference. Um, here today we have Betty Jean Bell. And Betty, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so, I'm new into photography, but I've been doing business since 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started out in the creative arts. I started out as an opera singer. I thought that was always what I was going to be doing for a living. so crazy. Yeah. And then uh, when I was 17, I got sick with an illness and they told me I'd never speak again, let alone sing. So after that, I was like, oh, what do I do with my life? And that's how I got into entrepreneurship. And so since 2004, just with having no idea what to do with my life, uh, I ended up doing all kinds of things. Like, what about this? What about that? What about that? You know, this other thing. So I was doing... Uh, I used to run a multi-million dollar oil company in 2007. I got into internet business and like all the internet marketing stuff and I'll be 40 this year. Big so, year. Yeah. Big year. And so as it, that birthday has been approaching, it really had me thinking a lot more about like, what am I, you know, what lights me up? And so, you know, entrepreneurship is amazing, but it just isn't enough to feed me. And so getting back into the arts, really getting into... Uh, photography and that's how you and I connected yeah absolutely yeah you took one of my class at precision and just kind of gone from there um so my first question right that's a make 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 podcast so we want to the first question is what type of art do you want to make or are you currently making and and where do you want to go with that all right so where do you want to what do you want to make and how far do you want to go making things Mm, I love it um man I want to do color gel photography for entrepreneurs which is why I got so excited about your work uh the thing that I get really excited about is helping people see themselves in a way mm-hmm. that they haven't. And so for me, photography, not just lifestyle stuff for me, it's like really putting people in a studio where they look, you know, if I look through the lens, it looks like there's some spaceship ship happening. Like you can make any kind of setting. Right. And uh, when someone gets, an entrepreneur gets to see themselves in that way, it like changes how they speak about themselves and show up in the world. So I would really like to deep dive into portraiture with color gels, really making these rich landscapes for entrepreneurs to see themselves in a new light. And I pretty much want that to be my platform where I photograph entrepreneurs and help themselves expand themselves in their businesses, maybe use it for social media, but for me, it's what really lights me up is how people perceive themselves after a shoot like that. Yeah, I love, I love that. We just did a, I just did a shoot for a friend of mine yesterday, and she's a, she's an actress in, in L.A. Uh, we've been doing photos with her since she was in high school. Oh wow. Uh, uh, maybe since she was in a dance company that a girl I grew up with. Anyway, I've known her forever, um, but she's really trying to make it in L.A. But she's she's 25 and she looks young. Like, mm. so she's auditioning for rule for roles that are like 16, 17, oh, wow. 18. Yeah. She just has a very, I mean, you know, she's beautiful, but she just, she looks young, right. which she, when she's okay. 40, yeah, when she's 40, she's going to be perfect. Right. She's like, right. I finally look, um, but we had to do, she wanted to do a shoot for different roles. So like her agent sent her a list of like, Hey, show me, you know, a businesswoman, show me office secretary, show me comedian, right. Showed like different facets. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, we'll get those. And then when we're done, what do you want to show? So she wrote, I had to write down adjectives for me. She's like, I want to, and the one she doubled on a line was woman. Like, I, I want to be seen as a woman. I was like, okay, we can do that. And so we shot it at her house. I don't think we ever moved more than like 20 feet. And she was almost in tears by the end because 
she she finally once I showed her a photo, she finally looked like what she wanted to look like, which was not a kid. Right. right? She's twenty five, right? And so, but she had a hard time posing and like getting out of that like cute sweet to like woman queen. And I was literally using that that word. I was like, be a queen. Like, be like you're in the crown, right? Show me royalty. Be Beyonce. Like, be that. And you could see her body language, like, changing as we shot. Yeah. Um, and not that we were doing anything risky. I don't mean anything like that. Um, right. You know, it was like downs and, like, it, it, was, it was totally fine. But just the attitude changed. Yeah. And the lighting changed. So we were doing some color gels. We were doing some things like that. And just watching her by the end, um, she just sent me a text before we started recording. And it was like 13 thank yous with exclamation points. And just like the ability for photography to put a mirror to people, mm-hmm. but a transformative mirror to people. Yeah. And that, that, was, that was fun. So that, that was such a good experience for me. Um, just reminding myself that, you know, what can we do, right? Yeah. What can we do? So That's why I get so excited about your work. Like, that's why I wanted to learn from you because, <laughs> I appreciate that. you know, your work is so beautiful, but like, it's exciting to see those photos because like if you could walk into a bar or into a room that just looks plain and you just add a few color gels and it shifts the person's, not just the way the room looks, but their perception of themselves, which like you're talking about this impact, like it makes a massive ripple effect, mm-hmm. which is what especially lights me up with people who really want to be change makers. They are entrepreneurs. Yeah. That's why they're doing it. Well, and it creates such a feedback loop too of I show one photo that makes somebody feel a certain way, a little more confident. Then we take the next photo with them feeling more confident. Oh, and then I show that to them and it becomes this feedback loop and a dance of like, it's almost an empowerment dance totally. where they start Right, kind of like hunched over, and by the end they're standing tall. But it kind of takes a couple rounds to get there. Um, so I was joking with with her name's Tori, and I was joking with Tori yesterday. I was like, I had to move, I had to, I had to move you a mile to get you to move an inch, of like, and not that she wasn't willing, she's she's up for whatever, but just. So when we take portraits, I would say, hey, open your mouth, and it feels like you're screaming, like it feels like your mouth is so open. Your mouth is just wide open, but really you move like a millimeter. Mm. And just that like self, our self image. Mm-hmm. And when we think when we move a millimeter, it feels like such a huge opening. And really what the, what the rest of the world sees is such a small little bit. And so I was trying to explain to her, but then she was like, oh, I saw this. And now on my acting tapes, like I'm going to be able to do that because I realize it's not like this huge difference. It feels like my mouth's wide open, but really it's not. And I don't know. It's just funny how those little things mimic the bigger things in life as well. Yeah, definitely. And especially with posing. And that's something I'm working on because like as you and I were chatting earlier when you were helping me out with some photography stuff, I noticed that when I'm doing my creative work, when I'm behind the camera, when I'm in front of the camera, that's how I got into this. It's mm-hmm. like doing self-portraiture for my own Instagram and, and all of that. But I've noticed that when I go to speak to someone about posing, I have a hard time... Verbalizing. Yeah, verbalizing what I'm thinking because I'm processing so much. But in the same way, I like to do, to show people, I call it pterodactyl. So like when, you know, people will stand straight, but I'll get women to just like curve their shoulders forward and it just like, I don't know, it does something to the chest and the body and the shape and it just makes everything change and people feel like they're doing this. Right. But it's actually such a subtle thing that just gives the dimension. They've only actually moved maybe an inch. Yeah. But in their brain, it's such a shift of mentality from their day to day. Yeah. Right. And that routine. I think it's funny, right? You bring this up. <clears throat> why don't why don't the best athletes make the best coaches? Mm. 
I don't know. Right. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, both tried coaching, were terrible at it. Oh, no kidding. Right. And so it's interesting that the people with what makes you a successful doer doesn't necessarily make you a communicator of how to do. So if we think of, of coaching as, as leadership, as, as coaching, as goal setting, yeah. the best athletes might have some of those, but not all of them. Right. So it's interesting to me who makes good coaches. And so like if you look at the NBA, it's usually like the second string point guard mm-hmm. because they didn't maybe have the best physical gifts, but they had to work on the mental side so much to even get to that level. Yeah. Right. Who makes the best baseball managers? Catchers. Really? Like if you look, yeah, catchers have like, they're they're way over overrepresented in um, in major league managing. So like if you're a player and you go into managing, the odds are that you were a catcher. No, because you sit, you call the game. But if you had if you had more physical tools, you wouldn't be a catcher. Right. If you had more physical tools, you'd be right field or third base or shortstop or whatever. Right. And so it's so interesting to me, right? The things we're good at isn't necessarily the things we're best at coaching. Right. It's usually the things that we struggled with. And that we struggled, but then overcame. That's usually what we're the best at coaching. Man, that's really powerful. Because like yeah. that's what my business has been for the, since, not since two thousand seven, probably since two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. I went to coaching school, life coaching school in right. two thousand seven. In two thousand eleven, I started teaching entrepreneurs how to create and sell their coaching online in mm-hmm. like group formats, and you're right. It was the stuff I really labored over. Um, and the, another really interesting thing I found, like I'm making all these connections right now with this <laughs> idea, is um, sometimes it's so much easier for me to tell people what to do to get results than for me to bother implementing it myself. So I get into these positions, especially with Instagram, because as I was telling you, the reason I'm getting into photography is I was really burned out on just doing the business stuff I'd been doing for so long. And I needed something creative that lit me up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is fun. This is a passion. And so in this in these past six months, since I've been redefining, great, what am I doing here? What do I want to create? And I'm finding this art that I really want to start centering around. Um, I've been kind of, I haven't been doing my Instagram stuff the way I used to. And in my previous business, as I was also telling you, I had 30,000 followers. You know, I was making really high income, you know, on that business. But in the past six months, oh man, I barely post. Like I don't do anything. I'm like, it's very do as I say, not as I do. But I actually find that I'm getting people better results. By like, look, don't work, don't look at my feed. Follow what I'm telling you. Um, the cobbler's kids have no shoes. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Now I think you bring up an interesting point, though, right? And and it's something that actually I read this from an author. Um, I don't remember if it was N.K. Jemison or Bumi Lamatin who did um, Honest Toddler, but doesn't do that now. But which she said that artists are cultural sponges. So sponges in the ocean act as filters, right? They're the barrier from the ocean to the land. They act as filters. And so as artists, we have to soak in that ocean water and then kind of spit out something. And I think when we get, I won't say burned out, but as we get out of balance, a lot of the out of balance seems to me to be, I was giving out so much that I haven't had a chance to soak up more. And the soaking up process can't happen at the same time as the giving out, right? It's yeah. a br- it's a breath, right? You can't exhale and, and inhale at the same time. 
Yeah. Try it and you'll see what happens. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and so, right, we have to inhale that art. We have to inhale life and we have to inhale all those things. And then we mix it in our brain and exhale it out. Yeah. And so what I hear you saying, right, is that I was doing and I was exhaling, but I didn't have time to inhale for me. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to inhale for you, right, and take deeper and deeper breaths, right, and kind of start that process again, right? Life is never a flat, you know, arc up. Yeah. Right? We all wish it was. <laughs> right. and we beat ourselves up yeah. about it, but it isn't. Right? Like, why didn't I have the same 10% success that I did yesterday? I just want 10% success That's every true. day. And it's usually, right, 400% one day, minus 9,000 the next day, <laughs> yeah. plus 10, right? And it's just, it's this, it's this roller coaster every day. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is a really... This is a super refreshing conversation for me because, again, like I said, since 2007 or since 2004, really, I've just been so immersed in the entrepreneur language and conversation. And what's really nice is to be sitting here having this conversation with someone who is both like we're both entrepreneur and artist. Mm -hmm. I'm just now like I admire your work because I'm like, here's a man who's doing his art as a business. Trying. That's been a struggle. I mean, yes, I appreciate that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you how I got there in a second. Yeah, I can't wait. And me, I'm bringing the art back because I had this saying after I lost my opera singing voice is um, I'd heard people telling me if it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So if I couldn't see how to make money with my art, then I'm like, it's a waste of time. I started to devalue my creative mm-hmm. gifts and went all for logical, which is actually my weakest link. So hmm. it's you talking about you have to develop a lot of skills. I was never a natural entrepreneur. I still don't consider myself that. I've had a lot of success and a lot of accolades, but it was with the, like I worked probably harder than an awful lot of folks because I was really trying to build my weaknesses because I no longer valued my creative gifts. And since I've had this, I'm in this renaissance for myself right now, this breathing in again, I love that analogy. I'm realizing, holy, my gifts are actually my competitive advantage. And now I have all these chops I just worked my butt off for and I'm seeing how they can fit in. But, uh, and I think now I'm going off on a tangent because I have so many things that are happening But (laughs) in my brain as we have this conversation, but it's just so refreshing to have this conversation about how the artist sees the world. And I think it's so easy for artists, the common, it's the starving artist conversation. And I I didn't want to be that after losing my voice. So I learned the business side, Mm -hmm. but especially as one understands the business side, I think there's so much opportunity. It's those creative gifts that actually create the competitive advantage because you can't learn it. It's there or it's not. A lot of people with money have no imagination. Right. (laughs) And they're paying you to have, they're paying you for your imagination. Yeah. Yeah. That you're exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people that are successful, right? They follow a model successful monetarily yeah they follow a model and they just do it until it no longer works that's it and they're really good at following that model over and over success is boring yeah success is boring success is doing the same thing every day getting a little better da 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 success is boring gary keller told me that yeah i listened i listened to him talk and he was he said success is boring and that that resonated but what it doesn't tell you is that you get so used to that doing the same thing every day that you stop you stop thinking about how to do something new. Yeah. And that's that's that balance, right? And that's a lot of what with this podcast I want to talk about is how do you how do you achieve that balance of both making art and making money? Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Because you have to have one to do the other, but you have to have one to be the other. Yeah. Right. And so. I, I'm like nerding out so hard. <laughs> I feel like I should have been taking notes. I can remember what thread I want to comment on next. On next. But, yeah. you know, me having been in, and I know like the folks in the Keller circle, I actually haven't spent time with, with him, but. You know, I'm, I've been in that culture, not so much mm. the real estate culture, but the entrepreneur culture. And you're sure. right, success is boring. But that's actually why I've struggled. That's it, People call me a Swiss army knife in entrepreneurship because I'll just sit down and chat and I'm like, oh, I can build funnels. Oh, I can do, like, I can drop a lot of language here that would people probably wouldn't even know what I'm talking about. But even in entrepreneur circles, they're like, whoa, you can do all of that? Normally you have to hire like five people to be able to right. do it. But it's because as an artist... I got so painstakingly bored that I couldn't just keep building funnels. I couldn't just keep doing the one thing. And so my friends would say, uh, Betty, what business are you working on now? Right? Which is actually not a good thing in an entrepreneur circle. You <laughs> no, can, I know. You can't, if you're not doing the same thing for a long time, you will struggle to make the money that you want. Right? It's that success is boring thing. Yeah. But I actually think that's where art can really be special because and that's, I think that's why I'm being gravitated. That's why you're in my world right now. Because I'm like, okay, I could do the same thing photoing entrepreneurs and helping them see themselves differently. Because the practice is the same, but how do I grow that? So the monotony can come in while the visuals are different. Does right. that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, people ask me all the time, Josh, what type of photographer are you? Mm. And I struggled how to answer that. Because in a given week, literally... I might shoot corporate headshots on Monday, um, high-end automotive on a Tuesday. I might teach a class at Precision on a Wednesday. On Thursday, we might do high school senior photos. Oh, wow. On Friday, you know, we might do, uh, we shoot for e-commerce companies. So it may be, I might be shooting Christmas ornaments for one of our e-commerce companies. And Saturday, I might shoot a wedding. And like, that's a totally normal week for me. Totally normal week for me. Oh my gosh. And, and... And I've struggled with that. And it, I think it delayed, it delayed the success in my business. Um, if I had been, let's say, just a wedding photographer. Mm-hmm. And all I did, oh, I shoot sports as well. So I shot a trail race Sunday. Of course no, I did. Kidding. So, you know, if I had been just a wedding photographer, I could have built all my branding around weddings. I would have spent all my networking time going to open houses, talking to wedding planners, and being in that world 100% of the time. Right. I also think I would have built a business very quickly, burnt out, and left. Yeah. And I think, it, I honestly think it, it delayed it delayed the growth of my company for a few years to be doing lots of different things because never nobody really knew me for one thing. Yeah. But, but now I've, luckily I've, I, I built up enough where I'm known as just, oh, Josh, he's a, he's a photographer. He's not, Josh, he's an automotive photographer. Right. He's not a wedding photographer. He's not this or that. Um, but what brings me joy in that is that my business is photography, but every day I'm solving new problems. Mm. Every day it's like, okay, we're shooting cars today. Let's use, you know, a polarizing filter. Let's use, you know, the tools for that, solving that problem. And then the carryover. So if all you do is say, shoot weddings, I, hate, I don't mean to be beating up on wedding photographers. Right. It's, it's, a hard, it's a hard job. 
Yeah. Um, oh my God. I don't, I'm not excited. About it. Just, <laughs> it seems so hard. No, it is. But then when there's a cool car at a wedding with the client, now I'm bringing new skills to the table that maybe somebody who only did weddings wouldn't have. And, mm-hmm. and then the other part to it is that I've been able, because I've been able to stick around, yeah. but the only reason I've been able to stick around is because I diversified and I had range in what I did. Mm-hmm. Even though it delayed it, my business early, now my referral network is much bigger. Yeah. So now my referral network is people from the commercial world getting married, people that Aww. get married have a business, people, right? Normally the life cycle, let's say wedding photography, right? They're life cycle photographers, right? So they do somebody's wedding and then, you know, they do their first kid and then they do their family photos and then they do the kid's wedding, right? right. So it's that kind of business cycle. They're hitting them up, you know, the same, the, the same people over and over, right. but it's that kind of life cycle, right? It's always portraits. Right. Um, that makes sense. And, and, you know, that's, that's really what caused the delay because I had to wait for all of those different networks to boomerang to be referral. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I mean, wow. I, I tell the story all the time. Literally, my first year, all I did was photography. Full-time, nothing else. Mm-hmm. $6,000 in company revenue the first year. Wow, and that was full-time photography? That's all I did. That's all I did. Oh, my gosh. That's all I did. I How know. did you get by? Uh, I was married. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but my wife's a school teacher. I mean, it's oh, not... Oh, wow, so it's, it was still tight. It, but I don't, I don't spend a lot because of that. Second year, second year, and this story will probably get told on every episode of every podcast, but I think it's important, which is my, my second year, I tripled. I went from 6,000 to 18. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good growth, that 300%. Fantastic, yeah. Third year, I tripled again. Oh, no kidding. Third, now, this isn't what I'm taking home, but third year, 54,000 right. 54, 54, gross. Mm-hmm. And then fourth year, we doubled to almost 100,000 in revenue now again that that's absolutely not what i was taking home and i was right you know that that's not what i was making but i had to be lean at the beginning so i started in 2009 during the economic crash during the hardest yeah yeah i I got laid off from a tech company that i worked for consulting firm in the energy industry and um and so i was like well i'm gonna i'm the thing that kept me was i said i'm never gonna work for somebody else again Mm. um and so you know, I started out lean, and I stayed lean. One of the one of the reasons that I am able to, was able to do it that long is I never went into debt. No, no credit card, no business credit card, wow. no no debt. I I begged, borrowed, you know, traded, black, you know, whatever I could do to get by. I mean, legally, nothing illegal, right, right, but, right, right, right. you know, but yeah, it was like I had friends with better cameras and I'd be like, hey, let me do something for you and let me borrow this gear for this shoot. Right. Wow. And it was it was a hustle from the beginning. And, and you know, it, it, there was about a six month period where it was my wife was like, you're going to have to start looking for other work like this isn't oh, like you got to do more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and kind of it finally hit that that hockey stick third year, right? Year three right. of any business. But the point of that is you have to stick around long enough for word of mouth to happen. Yep. But I wouldn't have stuck around if every day wasn't a little different. Mm, So because I was doing maybe a trail race on a Saturday and a wedding on a Saturday, if I hadn't been doing that, knowing me, I would have been bored and I would have been onto something else. Yeah. So. Man, it's so cool. You gave yourself such a gift building lean. 
and here's the key staying lean the my friend christina wise teaches uh wealth building mm. she's amazing that's and, amazing uh, there I needs just, to be more of that yeah i just photographed her oh event. great yeah it yeah awesome. it was my first time doing a lifestyle yeah. thing and it was all about what a lot of people don't realize is whether someone's a seven or eight figure earner or they're earning thirty thousand dollars it's parkinson's law that um the, I can't remember, I'm probably, probably going to butcher this a little bit, but you'll get the gist. And it's that income will always rise. Oh, sorry, spending will always rise to match income. Yep. That's the law. And what people don't realize is there's a lot of people be like, oh, I did seven figures or I did six figures or I did whatever. They don't realize that person is just as broke as they were when they were making 25000 <laughs> saying, I'm going, you know, everything will change when. Right. Because they didn't do what you're doing. Right. And the, the key there to being successful at anything, whether it's art or whatever, is choosing to pay attention to your spending constantly and living that lean life. And it's not about restriction. It's about, but it is about mindful spending mm. because, and then she teaches like this whole thing that I couldn't possibly teach, but about that wealth is built on our spending, not on our income. I believe it. And like that was such a mind blower to me. Well, I think it speaks to a bigger topic I think in general, we get very into the danger zone when we say things like, if I just get this one thing, finally, I will be happy. Yeah. If I just get to this place in my career, finally, then I will be happy. Yeah. If I just do right that whole sentence, right? If once I get here, then finally, I will be whatever. Right. And the thing I've learned, and it's been a hard lesson. It's been a, it's been an absolutely hard lesson but if you're not happy in the journey it doesn't matter where you're going mm. it doesn't matter where you end up mm-hmm. and you know I saw I have friends that make way more than me I have friends that make way less than me mm-hmm. the same distribution of money has zero to do with distribution of happiness Yes. I have friends that make lots and lots and lots of money and they're miserable mm-hmm. and they think you know they talk about quitting their job for the last 15 years they every time i talk to them they're just about to quit and, they just never make and i have friends that make very little and they always have a smile on their face mm. so what is your what is the money you're making filling up mm. is it is it providing is it doing is it is it just a number is it a game is it a comparison? Mm-hmm. For everybody, that answer is going to be different, but at least know what you're, know why. Yeah. Know why. You know, I think you're talking about compound interest and wealth building. Mm-hmm. I wish that compound interest was taught every year, every day in school. No kidding. Me too. My life would be so different if I'd known it in high school. Like, at, since my first job. Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm still learning it. Like all the yeah. time I'm like, wait, what's going on here? Right. You know? But once like just getting to shoot, what a gift that I got to photo this event. Um, good grief, boy, did I learn so much. And it makes me and it makes you have to go back to the drawing board and mm-hmm. have the courage go to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, the courage not to do the same thing every day, right? Wishing for new results doing the same thing every day. Right. Like man, I'm not making any money. Well, what are you what are you going to change? Well, I'm not going to change anything. Well, you're probably going to end up in the same <laughs> yeah. same position. Yeah, it's it's a uh, 
totally. It's a it's a it's a good thing. So so we covered the the make art. Let's talk about make money. We've we've been talking about it anyway, but mm-hmm. let's just make this a little clear. For for an artist, it doesn't have to be photography. What what would you tell them starting out, or if they're mid career, like, hey, you know, they're struggling on that edge. Mm-hmm. How can they leverage their what they do? to make just a little bit enough more money so they can keep doing it. Does that, yeah. does that make sense as a question? Yeah, so I'll repeat it back to make sure I understand. Yep. Basically, you're asking me, what can they start doing to make money with their art yep. so they can keep making their art? Absolutely, Right. absolutely. Um, well, you know, a lot of people, I think being an entrepreneur has been overly, it's been turned into a thing. It's not as sexy as people make it sound, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like the heart... You've never known personal growth until you decide to become an entrepreneur because you have to look in the mirror and deal with your stuff every day and it can be very confronting. Mm-hmm. And some people just don't want that, right? And so first I just want to come out and say you don't have to quit your day job. Like Good. Okay. You, I don't feel like everybody needs, if, if the purpose, which I love that you're talking about the why, if your purpose is I want to make art and be able to keep funding the art. Because like we're both doing photography. I've been dropping a lot of cash, right? And I'm, and so now I'm asking, I'm to a point now where I'm going, okay, now I have the basics. Now we're getting into the realm of like, it can get expensive if I need more gear beyond that. So it's like, yep. do I rent it? What's the, like I have all these questions, right? And what shoots should I bother doing and not? Where, where do I actually, it's just eats up my time and money and it's a big waste of energy. Mm-hmm. Like there's all these questions that we have to ask ourselves individually. So this answer is going to be unique for everyone, but I think if someone just wants to fund their passion, mm-hmm. I say, don't quit your day job. Don't put that pressure on your art, because if we put all the finance, that's what happened to me in music. After I lost my opera singing voice, mm-hmm. and I was trying to make it work with every other genre, and I have some amazing stories of like great shows I got to do, but the problem that my rent was associated with my voice I lost so much passion because I it was a hustle. It wasn't art. It didn't feel like art anymore. So that's question one, um, or that's part one. And the other part I think about is, and this is what you and I have been chatting about, is like, what part of this lights you up? You know, are you choosing, we'll just use the photography example, the wedding photography that you were talking about. Are you choosing to do wedding photography because you know you can charge a higher ticket? Because if that's it, oh my God, that is not a good reason. Wedding, weddings are hard. I've never even done it. I just look at it and go, glad I'm not the photographer. Yeah, I mean, people jump in thinking that, and then they jump out pretty quick. Oh, yeah, because this yeah. is one day. There's no do-over. You right. better get it right. right. And it's it's just not worth the liability. That's the kind of stuff somebody will sue you over. Oh, absolutely. It's just not worth it in my brain. Uh, but if you have a gift for it, and even if that just lights you up and... That's why one should do it. And then the with weddings, it's a little more obvious. You, you have to charge for a wedding. You just can't get involved without, without doing something like that. But the first thing is, like, why do you want to do it? And um, just making sure your, your stuff is in alignment. Uh, I don't, did I answer that completely, or do we, should I go into both? Well, I'll, ask you, I'll ask you, you know, you've done a lot with social media. Mm-hmm. Let's say I made, I don't know carved figurines that I wanted to sell Mm -hmm. and get more of a following or get more people aware of what I would do. Mm -hmm. What what would be something that you would suggest online, social media, like where, where would you, 
where would you be? What would you be talking about online? Cool. Yeah, it's a huge question. Um, carved figurines. Yeah, if I was gonna, yeah, I love it because it, it makes know. me sit and think, like, what would I do? You know, if I was using Instagram um, for my carved figurines and and I had no budget, so like ads get really complex. I love using ads, but if you don't know what you're doing with Facebook and Instagram ads, you will lose money, and that's what people don't understand. The first iterations of an ad uh, funnel. Like you're gonna lose money for about four weeks, but you're hmm. supposed to, because you, if you imagine there's, let's say it's a simple funnel, right? There's three steps in the funnel. Well, you drive a little traffic, you pay to get traffic, and it's gonna break. You're just like, where's it breaking? It's like having a hose, right? And you're like, and it hasn't been working. And you're like, where's it leaking? And you have to run water to find the leaks. Hmm. That's what happens. That's why people they take their first whack at building and using ads. They go, all I did was lose money and nothing happened. I go, yeah, that's totally normal. Takes about a month of skill <clears throat> and money and time. Um, that's why it's not for the novice. It's mm. definitely not for the novice. You need a mentor. And it's expensive to hire people for ads. I spent, I, I won't even tell you how much. It will hurt your feelings learning <laughs> how much uh, I paid learning, learning ads. Once someone learns it, Oh man, it's the best. It's great. It's great. But just like every skill, learning photography, you're going to spend a lot of time, money, and energy learning it. Yeah, it's all at the beginning too, right? Yeah, yeah. It, right. And so yeah. it's like, where where do you put your time? So in my opinion, uh, one of I think it's about taking good pictures, which can be done with an iPhone these days. Yeah, like absolutely. if you were using a carved, um, you know, the card figurines analogy, really good pictures. And people get there's hashtag theory and all this stuff. But honestly, direct outreach. This is the thing that most people don't do. And if you have no money and you need to make money and you want to make money with your art and you want to use Instagram, it is about building friendships. So I would say you spend an hour every day starting 10 to 20 conversations wow. with strangers. Um, and the way you do it, it isn't trying to sell your stuff. Sure. Or, you know, the big, God, I get people going, like my stuff, follow me. And uh, I'm like, you're never going to, uh, that's like, that's like standing at a cocktail party <laughs> and someone coming up and going, hey, let's go. Right. Yeah. Or like, marry me right now. And you're like, who, what's your name even? This is so gross. Right. right? Or right. somebody come up and going, give me money. Hey, yeah. do you have five bucks? Like what happens when someone walks up to you and yeah. asks you for money? You run. Yeah. Right. And that's what people are doing on Instagram mistakenly. So what I call it is it's spending an hour making friends. And this is where hashtag theory gets interesting. It's not about what hashtags you put in your image. It's about the hashtags or actually hashtags are okay. Um, but you can see everything posted on a particular hashtag in your search, mm -hmm. right? Right. And what you go through is you go through and you see who engaged. Like say there's a, you're looking wooden figurine hashtag, right? And then you see the people who liked someone else's, or even better, they commented on somebody else's wooden figurine. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. I should get one for my son. You know, or whatever. They're just into it, right? right? And then you take a look at their stuff and you just send them a direct message. Hey, I love wooden figurines too. What, you know, what what do you like about it? Or whatever. You just start a conversation and they're going to check you out. And if they like your stuff, they will follow you. Mm -hmm. They will buy your stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but you got to approach it like, I'm here to make friends. And how long does it take to build friendships? Like 
take a few weeks. Right. So it was just the way you said, hey, it took me three years for my referrals to double. That's exactly what to do on Instagram. It's not a fast thing, but relationships aren't fast, and that's the problem people make, that's the mistake people make. The reason some companies can launch, we'll say a water bottle, right? They've got some special water bottle and they want to launch the company, an e-commerce company on Instagram. How did they go from zero to $30,000 in a month of sales? They had the money. Right. You know, right. They, 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 they can spend on the ads. They can you know, do these different things. They're not going to use the strategy because it's the seed planter. Mm -hmm. um, I say it all the time. I'm like Johnny Photography Seed. Yeah. The other workaround that they'll do if they don't want to spend ad money is they will partner. And this is something that can work for creatives is you partner with influencers. Mm -hmm. So say you're a photographer like I am, right? Something that would be really smart for me is, you know, I want to do color gels of, of entrepreneurs. So something that'd be really smart for me is find successful entrepreneurs, do free shoots for them that they would use on their feed and ask them to tag me, you know, photo by, whatever, say something. And um, those partnerships, that's where you grow exponentially yeah. because in that like that influencer marketing that's something anybody can do interesting yeah you'll make a lot more money and then when people start following you because you partnered with an with a influencer you just direct message to go oh so nice for the follow what inspired it like i noticed you also like would carve a, car, you know has a conversation started then yeah yeah you just and that's it you treat it like don't ask them to follow you don't ask them to buy anything just think about it. Today I'm gonna to make 10 friends. I'm gonna spend one hour and I'm gonna make 10 friends. And don't take it personally if they don't reply back. Because it's just weird, somebody's starting a conversation, you're like, I don't feel like talking at the bar today. Sure. You know what I mean? I just wanna. Or they don't check their phone for a week. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just not taking it personally. Yeah, one of the things, I don't even know where I heard it, but if I got a tattoo, it'd probably be the tattoo I would get, but your network is your net worth. Totally. Yeah. It is. And so if you want to hire a net worth, you have to build a bigger network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, it's easier than ever to do it. People don't... We get really stuck in our little bubbles. Sure. But I have a lot of very successful friends. And these days, people will actually... Like, new friends I make will, will just see people in my feed. And, like, they could be big names if they know the industry I'm in, right? Yeah. And they'll be like, God, how'd you get on that podcast? How'd you do this? Like... You're so connected. What they don't realize is for me, this started 12, 13 years ago in 2007 when I was like, the internet? You can do stuff on the internet? Like, <laughs> what do you do here? And I had my own little year-long podcast called Love Your Work Life. Oh, nice. Nobody had a podcast back in like yeah. 2007. I had one in 2009 called Ox and Ham with another photographer friend of mine. See, it was yeah. meant to be. Yeah. But like, I made all these friendships reaching out to authors and stuff that I was super nervous to talk to. But I liked what, you know, yeah. I was here actually right here where we're sitting right now. <laughs> and my desk used to be down here. And I, would, I remember sweating and sending out the emails to be like, can you be on my podcast? <laughs> like, I didn't know what I was doing, but right. no, nobody did. And those relationships, you know, they were a starting out budding author. Now they're a three or four time New York Times bestseller. We all grew. Yeah. Right. And now they're doing amazing stuff and I'm going, I'm going to start over. <laughs> right. But yeah. that's how it happens is time. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, th you know, we're so used to now, 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 now. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard to say it'll be better soon. 
it'll be better in a few months. Like that's, I think, I think that's hard mentality shift, right? Like look up anything right now, right? Five seconds or less, you can find anything, Mm -hmm. right? Well, how come I can't have that same success, right? Yeah. The power of your network, right? How do you leverage it, right? You have a big network, you launch something, you got a big network, you know, on the other side of that seesaw. Right. Right. You have a small network, right? Small net worth. Like it's just, it is. So yeah, I think that's right. Like you want to, you want to grow, you grow through others. Yeah. And, and what I love about Instagram and stuff like that is, and there's a lot of other platforms. Some people thrive more on Facebook. The thing I say there is which one do you have fun on? Because you can't do all of them. That's another mistake. I think it's gotten a little easier. I mean, it's pretty much come down to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Right. And it used to be. They were different. Facebook, Google Plus, like yeah. uh, Twitter, LinkedIn. Right, there used to be like nine, and it's kind of settled. The market's kind of settled. Yeah. Snapchat was there for a second, yeah. and it was like, is that gonna be? And then that's kind of gone away. Now TikTok's coming up, but like, yeah. I mean, it's but Tumblr, like, uh, right. But if you want to sell something to young people, it's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you ask someone in their twenty-five if they have the Facebook account, and they say, yeah, to talk to my grandmother. Oh. That's right. right, right. And their and their opinion, right? If you talk to a teenager, it's like Facebook is where like, gr- like grandparents are. Yeah, that's and isn't that wild? Because like it was not long ago. No, where it was just the newest thing ever. No. I mean, the iPhone's eleven years old. Right. It just feels crazy. But try to imagine the time before it. Right. It's hard. I remember the time before. Oh, it. I do too. I do too. But but apps created a new economy, changed our lives. Like it yeah. did. But I think I think the. I think the truism is uh, your network is still totally Coke. Does everybody know what Coca Cola is? Mm-hmm. What do they spend on advertising a year? Oh, it's a lot, and their advertising's dumb. Don't try to advertise like them because they don't need to no. educate you about them. No, but my point is, they're one of the biggest companies on earth. Right. But they're still trying to make friends. Right, they are. And, and they're still trying to build their network. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's on a massive scale, but it's the same right. thing. But that's what. It, with there, this is totally relevant because if you look at a Coca-Cola ad, it'll just have like random stuff that doesn't mean anything, right? right? But you see Coca-Cola, what they need to do is just, they're just reminding you, hey, we're here, right. bring your friends. But people generally know them. So it's just, they're spending money to remind and grow and referral, just yeah. like you're talking about. Yeah. When we're unknown, we have to go out and reach out and make yeah. the friends and be cool with people saying, you're not for me with their silence yeah okay so one more question Mm -hmm. how do you want to make a difference Mm. that's i know exactly how like i i love this gel studio art stuff photography and i want through my photography i really just want to photograph entrepreneurs uh, maybe up and comers, but especially, I really want to be working with folks who are already doing wonderful work in the world, whether they're known mm-hmm. or, or unknown, um, to help them see themselves in a new light. Because just like we were talking about at the beginning, as I've been having these conversations with the different folks, I, I'm surprised sometimes to discover uh, that they're, they're still somewhat afraid to be seen. Right? Mm. They build personas, they do stuff, but uh, it feels uncomfortable to put themselves out there. Or they have, like, we all struggle with self-doubt. Everybody, in, in some version. I would say, I wish I could be dumber so I could be more successful. Yeah. Oh, my God, I've so said that before, too. <laughs> Only because 
my brain works too fast and you know how much how many times we cripple ourselves by going ah i wonder if i can really do this da 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 and you think too far down the road instead of just running yeah you're worried about you're worried about a bridge in a thousand yards yeah but just just run just oh just gosh. just run like you'll be fine yeah. But that, I just like, I just, I wish I could put on better blinders yeah. and not try to have such an expansive view and just be like, just do the thing, just go do the thing and you'll be more successful. Yeah. God, you're, you're, and you're hitting it on it for me, you know, yeah. cause you're, I've done all these different businessy business things, but I'm at the, I'm at the beginning again yeah. and I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm creating something that lights me up. And I feel like, especially when we're making art boy can our head get in the way. My head gets super in the way. Like the self doubt, it definitely comes up because I know what I want to get out of my head and then I question like that's why you know I'm spending time with you I'm like my technical experience isn't matching what I'm trying to get out here and and I'm cool with it not coming out the way I expected it I'm open to that creativity I want that but sometimes it's just we feel like we're out of our depth but the thing is as an entrepreneurship we feel like that every day it doesn't matter if you're making your first thousand dollars, you're gonna feel out of your depth. If you're making your first hundred thousand dollars, for you'll be out of your depth, and it'll be the same at a million and beyond. Because every time we hit a new, just like we talked about in the beginning, every time we hit a new beginning, it's like we we have new problems, and it's scary. We're push, we're always pushing our edge. Yeah. Um, and I think with with for me, the kind of impact I want to make is. You know, I'm spending a lot of time with people who I aspire to be like. Like, I look up to them. But they're also doing stuff I don't want to do, right? If they've got their own business. <laughs> yeah. I just want to spend time with them. I yeah. want to start my own podcast. I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. I just know, hey, I'm going to be photoing them. We should probably talk about something too, <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. So exactly. I just want to have conversations with my friends and photo these folks. But my la- one of my last businesses was a body confidence business. And... I spent five years teaching women how to see their bodies with love. And I did it by photoing myself and showing them how I don't have to, like, I am enough no matter what dress size or whatever I'm at. And I remember when I shut that business down or I just quit enrolling for it, it's still operating in the background. I have other coaches that work for me. But uh, men would come up to me and go, you know what, I'm really kind of glad you closed it because the stuff that you wrote it was really helpful for men too. And 50, almost 50% of my followers were men. And I thought it was because of my body, but they would constantly, you know, cause I'm putting photos yeah, of my sure. body out. So I just assumed it was that, but many of them would direct message me going, your message really landed for me today because people are just afraid to be seen. And so the impact I want to make with my art is, you know, I want people to feel like they're on, like, a, like they either look like Jay-Z, you know, or Beyonce. I mean, you can, we can create a lot of different emotions, but wherever they feel lacking, just like you're talking about with that actress, like, uh, she's, everyone sees me as a kid. Right. I want them to see me like a woman. Yep, absolutely. We can do that yeah. for them. Yeah. And what I feel like is it's me showing them how I see them. It's your stance. That exci- yeah. Oh, you're right. That is. Yeah. And that excites me. Because I feel like I really do see people's hearts, and it's we can't see our own eyeballs. Yeah. And so my impact is, I want entrepreneurs to see themselves the way I see them, with love as enough, and it's not BS. I genuinely see it, and I know that if they really can harness, like, oh my God, I really am a badass. Like I really am enough right now. Wow! Imagine what they can do, considering what they're already doing. Yeah. And so that's what really lights me up. 
That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yay. And you're happy so much, and I'm so grateful for you. No, yeah. No, it's fun. I mean, it's, I think when you vibrate at a certain level, you attract the people that are vibrating at that level, right? So totally. when you're trying to find something in the world, you tend to find it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right? Seek and you shall find. Yeah. So, you know, it's something that goes back centuries. So, totally. you know, it's, it's good. I'm excited. This is, this is our first recording for this, uh, this new, <laughs> this new podcast thing I'm trying. Um, you know, and, and I'm just excited to, to talk to people kind of at, at all stages and just talk about art and how to, I feel, I feel like we talk in general, like you Google anything, you can find a lot of articles about how to create and how to, how to make things. But there's very few resources for how to leverage that, right? Yeah. Now we've now we've created this thing, whether it be a photo, whether it be a coffee shop, whether it be whatever. Now what? Yeah. Now what do we do with it? Yeah. Right. I love that, and I know you're wrapping it up, but I, I have an I. One of the things that has helped me in my career over the years is, and you and I, when you were we were doing some work earlier, you were alluding to this, and that. A lot of photographers, that, and I'm just using photographers sure. as an example because we're here. You, know, you and I were talking photography, but people go, "I want to take pictures," and then they try to be like everybody else. Yeah, nothing will keep you broke longer than trying to be like everybody else, and at the same time, trying to find your voice straight up takes time, right? Like even me, I know I know what I want to do, but being able to get my pictures to do what I want to do, that's going to take time. And my voice now is in the pictures. Yep. And um, I think the most important thing to do is really remembering that you're, what you're talking about, the stance, is what gives us a competitive advantage. Yep. And really taking the time to not, don't try to blend in, don't try to do what everybody else is doing on Instagram, like the strategies I just shared. Like that can make you six figures and depending on what you're doing, uh, you can make as much or as little money as you want. You may or may not become a millionaire with that, with that, but you could certainly start, uh, like radically growing. And you might, I've known some people who do become millionaires. They also spend a lot of time doing that outreach thing. Right. Um, but there comes a point where you start to leverage other things once you have more capital to do it. But I think, I think really in the beginning, it's having the courage to stand for what you care about and let yourself stand out. And it could be the aesthetics. It could be, for me, it's both aesthetic and who I'm photoing. So I'm never going to do wedding photography. <laughs> like it's, it's choosing yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And that gives us that initial competitive advantage that really makes a difference. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking photography, but it applies to all art, right? Mm-hmm. What, what the art you create looks like doesn't really matter. It's, it's what you say with it. And it, mm. right? I mean, my photos are good, objectively, they're good, but if you see my photo, it, my hand is in there and you know it's a photo from me. Yeah. And that's what, that's what, I think that's what attracts people. And it, other people could replicate what I do, but I don't know if they would say the same thing. Right. Right. Who wouldn't? Because your heart's in a different place. Yeah. And don't be afraid to look at other industries for ideas. Because even as I build my business, I'm not just doing photography. I'm gonna build a social media consulting company that includes photography. Yeah, so my wife's called me three times. Oh, yeah, that's cool. 
Okay. Well, guys, hey, listen, we're going to wrap it up because I have to go get my kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. But thank you for the first listening to the first uh, episode of the Make, Make, Make podcast. Um, my name's Josh Baker. Can you tell everybody how to follow you real quick? Where should they go to look? Yep, on my Instagram at Betty Jean Bell. And you can find me at BettyJeanBell.com. Easy, easy. All right, well, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you.